Earth, a Love Story, written and read by Robin Lassiter. Before we get to this week's chapter, I just want to say chapter 11 is wild. Like I mentioned at the end of chapter 10, we are going into my psyche, into my dreams, into profound experiences, and into the ways that I processed those dreams and experiences. We're venturing into the underworld, into the Shadowlands. If the book up until now has been my naked, bleeding heart, chapter 11 peels open my mind and lets you peek inside. It's unwieldy and confusing. It's me. I talked to some of my close friends who've read the book to see if I should edit this chapter down for the podcast or maybe just skip it altogether. They all told me that by taking these parts of myself seriously, I give you, the listener, permission to do the same with your own sacred interior worlds. And that's valuable. Also, because this chapter is so long, there will be two, count them two, chapter 11 episodes. Chapter 11, part one, and chapter 11, part two. Please take note when you're listening so that you don't accidentally skip part two. And thank you from the depths of my depths for going on this journey with me. This is vulnerability on acid, but fuck it. Let's go. Chapter 11, part one. From the great above, she opened her ear to the great below. From the great above, the goddess opened her ear to the great below. From the great above, Anana opened her ear to the great below. Why has your heart led you on the road from which no traveler returns? I have come to witness the funeral rites. From the descent of Anana. Translated by Diane Wolkenstein and Samuel Kramer. Journal Entry, January 11th, 2021. OBE. Meditated in early morning, asked my guides to be there with me. Asked for any messages. Dozed off, woke up. Felt that buzzing that comes with the OBE or sometimes with communication. Quantum phasing? Feeling of levitation, went out of body, floated fast to the ceiling, flew up fast into space, multiple beings present above me, received something, an electronic yellow tone, vertical, light, electric, glowing, complete, beginning and end. Understood I was being given a message. It was for me to take with me. I took it. Back in bed, struggling to open my eyes, squinting, trying hard. Finally did, set up and was in my bedroom, but all gray. I could clearly see a matrix of honeycomb. Some of the honeycomb was partially filled in, very precise and geometric. I was confused, set up and flipped the light switch. Nothing. Suddenly three figures around me and one more coming through the wall of my bedroom. Everything gray, misty, beings around my bed. I asked, am I not in my body? Please help me get back in my body. They seemed annoyed. 
They told me the honeycomb matrix is what reality hangs on, and it was behind the scenes. They told me to learn to use the operating system of my reality. They said that it changed depending on where I placed my attention and the quality of that attention. Were they the four who are one? Maybe, but separated, not in one mass like before. Chekba in front? But not insectoid like when I was a kid. I don't know. In the next instant, I was alone, flicked the switch again and the lights came on. Then I had to get up and go to work. I feel really weird and shaky. I told Jupiter, but he doesn't know what to say to me. I think he thinks I'm dreaming. Feeling super alone. No one understands. Journal entry, January 15th, 2021. What do I know about what happened? I know I had been lying in bed in the pre-dawn light, meditating, praying, communicating with my guides, and then I fell asleep. I woke up to the uncomfortable, scary, buzzing paralysis, the white and gold light. It felt different this time, though. I was really aware of a weird sort of electric, shifting, whooshing, phasing feeling. I know this sounds totally ridiculous, but it immediately made me think of the Marvel movie Ant-Man and the Wasp. There's a character in that movie called Ghost, who is tortured by a constant quantum phasing, and if she can't stabilize, she'll die. I know it sounds absurd, but Ant-Man? Quantum phasing? I don't know. Whatever. Like I said, absurd. Anyway, that's the closest I can come to how it felt. I guess maybe it always sort of feels that way. This is definitely the first time I'm hyper aware of it and also have never looked down to see myself physically levitating. That was new too. I know I've gone up and out through the ceiling before, certainly when I lived in the yurt. I'd go out of body and out of the little screened window in the top of the yurt. When it happened then though, I'd just sort of roam around locally, visit the valley where I grew up and see my horses, even those who passed on. This time when I pop through the ceiling and the roof, I shoot up fast into the cosmos. I can clearly see the roof of my house receding, and then the neighborhood, and the city, and the earth. This time I'm definitely leaving the planet, and I don't remember that ever happening before. It feels like I'm rocketing up. I suddenly stop, and it's that same velvety blackness I experienced after leaving the panther's body. But this time I see stars in the distance. I can sense beings above me, and I assume they are the four who are one, but I don't know for sure. Then that fully contained, electric, vertical, golden, shimmering line of crackling light and sound and information. It has tones, or a vibration, like a harmonic, both light and sound. When I'm back in bed, struggling to open my eyes and sit up, I feel almost like I came back in sideways. Why were the blankets over the left side of my face? Why was my body at an angle like that with my head half under the covers when I was flat on my back when I levitated up and out? Normally when I go out of body, it feels like I'm consciousness or awareness. It feels light. I feel free. This time, once I got back from space, it felt like I was in my body. I definitely felt a tremendously heavy weight like my body was really heavy, really hard to operate, took a lot of effort to move. Normal except for the things that weren't, 
the blankets over my face and the weird angle, the lights not working and the effort. And then of course the gray mist and the matrix and the fucking aliens and whatnot. Other than that, yeah, felt totally like I was in my body. I wonder if I was somewhere else and it just looked like my bedroom? Maybe. Maybe so I wouldn't be more afraid and freaked out than I already was. That doesn't really feel true though. It felt like my bedroom. It felt like my body. But like I was in some backstage area. Sort of cold. Not temperature-wise, but as in colorless and constructed. That feels gross even to say, but that's how it felt. Not the organic, flowing, full-color life that I typically experience. Instead, the hard steel girders and beams of reality that apparently exist behind the scenes. Functional. Sterile. I cringe away from that sterility, but then there is the honeycomb matrix itself. A symbol so deeply and personally meaningful. Earthy, organic in the sense that it is a natural structure made by my favorite. Bees. And it almost feels comforting contrasted with the experience of the constructed, cold, gray, behind-the-world world. So, apparently this place that is the structure of reality as I know it, is malleable. It responds to, quote, where I place my attention and the quality of my attention. I remember them saying that really clearly. It feels similar to when the purple-robed woman told me that unless all of the bodies are relatively close in frequency, you can't move into a new paradigm. The physical body won't survive. I got that information a decade ago, and the truth it contains is still with me, unfolding as my understanding unfolds. This behind-the-scenes honeycomb matrix feels similar. I imagine it will be a teaching I learn from throughout my lifetime. Learn to use the operating system of my reality, they said. Are they talking about manifestation? Where I place my attention and the quality of it. That makes me nervous because of my history with the just think happy thoughts and your life will be great and if it's not, you're not trying hard enough brand of spirituality. In response to having my guides show up in physical form, to being shown this incredible place, this backstage of our reality, I can only think to say, brilliantly, am I not in my body? Please help me get back in my body. Those are the only words that I said to them, and then they were gone as quickly as they had come. I got the sense that they were disappointed in me, that it took a lot of effort to make this happen and I wasn't ready. Must remember to ask better questions next time. I googled honeycomb matrix quantum phasing because somehow that all seemed to be connected. I found articles from physicists, but they may as well have been in a different language. Theoretical studies on the quantum phase transitions of spinor bows systems and honeycomb lattice are less explored. The frustrated XY model on the honeycomb lattice has drawn lots of attention because of the potential emergence of chiral spin liquid. No damn idea what any of that means or what to do with it if I did. I am a frustrated XY model on the honeycomb lattice. Don't look at my chiral spin liquid emerging. It's embarrassing. Journal entry, March 14th, 2021. Dream. 
I'm with many other women. They feel like my sisters and also like versions of me. They are the initiated and uninitiated, the handless, wounded maidens, the mothers, the crones. My blood sister is there and a myriad of other sisters I've known in my life. Real and archetypal, faces flashing. It's like a prism, collapsing over and over into itself. Finally, it is one single woman who contains them all. I follow her. I am a barefoot child tugging at her skirt. Hey, I whisper. I was thinking, since we're all here. She looks down at me. She's tall and calm. Her face is the face of every woman. Her eyes are clear, gray, brown, green, blue, hazel, clear again. There is a faded blue crescent moon tattooed on her forehead. Her skin is soft, bare arms, earthy brown, lean and muscled, snakes tattooed around her wrists. She is carrying wood to lay into a deep pit dug into the ground. She looks at me, not smiling, present, and waits for me to finish speaking. I'm nervous. I was thinking, I say, that maybe we could do ceremony together, a ritual, burn wood and herbs and speak a wish into the smoke, you know, since we're all here. She turns and kneels and places weathered gray sticks into the pit, crossing the pieces so that they form a star. Her face is changing. She is shifting from the maiden to the mother, and now she is an old woman, the crone. Then there is a beard covering her cheeks and chin. She speaks to me with a multitude of voices. The mother is tired of your ceremony. It is drivel, small talk. It is hollow and false. Your smoke has no substance. I'm shocked and hurt. I can see my own face. I am wearing heavy, smeared makeup, mascara running down my cheeks, red lipstick messy on my mouth, and a fake beard pasted crooked onto my chin. I'm wearing all of these masks and I can't bear her to see me that way. I move away and crouch down low, hiding, and pull the masks away from my face. They feel like spider webs on my eyelashes and lips. I want them gone. I scrub them all away. I feel raw and naked. I sit back on my heels, half in and half out of shadow. The woman turns away from me and lights the fire. I feel out of my league here. There is a leather bag around my neck. I empty it onto the ground and it's full of plastic Cracker Jack toys and other useless shit. I dump out the bag and everything that was inside melts like snowflakes into the ground. I am still in between the shadow and light. I can feel a big black chasm behind me. I consider going fully into the darkness. I watch the woman and try to get her attention. I press my wrist with its messy scars dramatically against the sheen of sweat on my forehead. My eyes flutter and I lean dangerously close to the abyss behind me. I glance up to see if she notices, if she will pull me back. She pays no attention. Now I am a woman, grown, and I see myself as a barefoot child and I see the one who was thinking of falling into the abyss. I gather both into my lap and feel all three of me as one thing. 
I am aware of my body and I activate the muscles in my thighs and back and draw myself up and step out of the shadow. The sharp horizon line between the shadow and light is like a cleaver. I can feel that it's slicing something away. My weakness, my victimhood, and my helplessness. I pay the toll a pound of flesh. I'm surprised when these parts of me don't fall into the shadowy chasm. They mold themselves into my body. They fold into my hips and along the backs of my arms and into the hollow of my low back. I feel whole. I paid some price of admission and I walk forward and take my place at the fire. The woman tumbles into her separate parts and now many women, all of them my sisters, are standing with me. I am their equal now. When I wake up from this dream, I can only think to say, holy shit, that was a once-in-a-lifetime dream. Journal entry, March 16th, 2021. Dream. I am walking with the woman again, the same one from the other dream. We are in the market together. It reminds me of Uncle Robert's night market on Hawaii. It's busy and crowded. I am following her through the crowd. We are looking at what the vendors are selling. She picks up a necklace and turns towards me. I have a golden necklace for you. I look into her hands and see a shimmering, tiered, bright gold necklace made of stars. This is really valuable, she says, but it won't cost me anything. She says it again, carefully and clear. She is looking down at me, pointedly, staring at me. She wants me to really hear her words. Taking this, you take nothing from me. This is not an exchange from a limited world where my loss is your gain and when you gain, I lose. This is valuable, but I'm not losing anything and giving it to you. We both win. Non, zero, sum. I look at the necklace and I really, really want it. I know how I would wear it, too, pinned into my curly hair, starry crown. Oh, I stammer. Oh, no, I, I couldn't possibly. It's fine. I don't want to be any bother. She looks at me with disbelief and maybe disgust and then shrugs and shakes her head and walks away. I feel dumb, unsure of what to say or where to go. But I get that I've just been denied entry into the amazing Golden Necklace Club because I was busy being small and polite and sacrificing and literally no one was asking for that. That kind of self-deprecating small-making was not appreciated. I gather my courage and call out to her. I'm so afraid she'll leave and not come back. I'm sorry, I say. I'm still learning and unlearning. She returns and puts her arm around me warmly and says... You'd be a good candidate to go to India, you know that? You need to go to India and not listen to the gurus. I don't know what that means or what to say, and she laughs at me and squeezes me to her once, and then walks away. Journal Entry, March 20th, 2021 Those two dreams back-to-back -back resonate in my mind, and I'm kind of freaked out. I feel like I really screwed up and maybe missed my chance for something some invitation. After all of the UFO dreams, the bird events, the beings coming into my bedroom, and now this earthy, goddessy woman shows up? I don't really know what to make of it, but the dreams are so vivid. The shadow cutting me, 
me threatening to fall back into the chasm, me not accepting the necklace. But I did show up in the first dream. I gathered myself up and stepped into the light and I was an equal. I mean, it's pretty clear. No one is coming to rescue me, of course. I've already rescued me. I am the initiated. I am the arrived. God damn it. What the fuck am I afraid of after everything I've been through? I know what dying and being reborn feels like. I know what it feels like to be disemboweled by my own pain. I've died to myself a thousand times and I'll die to myself a thousand more. So how does this tie into everything else? My mission that the four who are one told me, that I apparently chose, move from evolution through suffering to evolution through joy and creation. Joy? I have no idea how to get to joy from here. I'm good with suffering. I'm good with holding my own pain and I can bear that others have pain, although that's a lot harder. Joy sounds really dangerous. Like, what, all airy, fairy, love and light joy? How do I do that and not abandon myself? Why do these dreams even feel like a call to joy anyway? What does it have to do with joy? How to move from this cycle of evolution through suffering to evolution through joy without negating everything I've learned and everything I've been through? I know that I will never lose the gifts that my suffering gave me. I know that I will never try to brush past my own or another's agony, trying to skip to the easy part. I know that only once I was shattered open did I become a real person. I know that my shattered heart is big enough to hold more intelligence, more compassion, more kindness, more of that annihilating love that permeates everything. My shattered heart is big enough to love the whole earth and all of humanity just as we are right now. And I know that my shattered heart is big enough to hold what we have been and what we can become, too. The creative and destructive forces made holy of the love that makes up every atom of this place would blow me to smithereens if I weren't already cracked open. The real voice of God is an eardrum buster. The real light of God burns flesh from bone. I was immolated and alchemized through holy fire to withstand God's love. I have space to hold everything in its consecrated truth. The shit the stars, the whole world. But joy? I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Journal Entry, April 8th, 2021 Today I got an email from Ralph Blumenthal. He's doing an article on experiencers for the New York Times, the first time a major respected publication is even considering taking experiencers seriously. No idea what's happening in my life or how I got here. This all feels constructed, and I'm terrified. I guess the Pentagon is planning on releasing a report on what they know about UFOs, UAPs, whatever. They are releasing a report this summer. Ralph and Leslie Kane wrote an article in 2017 for the Times that there was a black budget for an advanced aerospace threat identification program. Now he's pitching a story about experiencers to the Times, and just published a book about John Mack. Six months ago, I didn't know any of these names or that any of this existed. Now Ralph wants to interview me. What the fuck is my life? Journal entry May 4th, 2021. I've started writing down all of my dreams, even if I can only remember bits. 
It's making me more conscious during dreaming sleep. I feel like I dreamed a lot last night, but can only remember giant blue and black gray crabs walking up out of the water towards me. Strong flash of that, and then nothing. Dream Journal, May 5th, 2021. I dreamed that I would be able to travel in a sphere or an orb, and that's how I could communicate with the four who are one. Dream Journal, May 6, 2021. I dreamed I was near where the yurt had been, interacting with a visitor, human-like but felt other. Couldn't convey what I wanted to say, but then remembered I'd written a book. I was happy to be able to tell him that, like I hadn't been slacking. See? I did it. Here it is. Dream Journal, May 7, 2021. Dreamed I was in a cheap hotel. My dad had accidentally taken someone else's coat. The people came to get it. They had a young baby and they pushed his head through a circular hole in the door. I was appalled. A tiny infant boy. He was so vulnerable and they pushed his head through that hole. I gave them the coat back and then chased after them to try to get the baby. Tomorrow Stuart is regressing me to the event in my childhood when Ant-Man first showed up. Or the first time I can remember anyway. I'm nervous, but excited. I'm afraid I'll find out that I was part of a hybrid program or something. Because of the other things I can't remember that I've never told anyone. The sexual stuff. I'm really nervous, but I trust Stuart. What follows is a hypnotic regression to explore childhood experience with Ant-Man, May 7th, 2021. Where are you? Outside my childhood home, four years old, watching myself interact with Ant-Man. I'm watching us from a distance. We're standing and looking at each other. I understand that this image he presents is not his true self. What is his true self? I can see the blue light that's coming out from the joints between the pieces of his exoskeleton, and that blue light is who he really is. And I've seen him before. I know him. I know a lot about him. He's kind of like my brother. He's one of the guides I met on the planet. Which planet? Deneb by Cygnus. How do you feel in your body? I'm just sort of confused why he woke me up and brought me downstairs. He just wants to check on me, but it's also like a joke. A nudge to say hello. Like, can you believe we're doing this? This ridiculousness is wild. But he doesn't understand that I'm four, but he came to joke about it. He has a sense of humor. What are his other qualities? He's serious about his work. It's a big adventure, but serious. It's important. He's honorable. What is his work? What are they doing? I can see top down but not above, but there's a big change happening. I don't want to say it. It has to do with really big cycles of time and it's just what you think it would be. It's just a little point of creation here and everyone's trying to become something. We keep trying to click into some blueprint and we keep messing it up, but it's also fine. Lemuria is the thing I don't want to say. That's where all the blue ships are from. Lemuria. They are from Lemuria. Why are you resistant to knowing about it? Why does it matter now? I don't want to know about it because there was a big fall. I don't want to feel the depth of my grief around it. I won't feel it. I think that's where all my grief comes from. It could have been so beautiful here, but we keep going the other way. 
We keep wanting to cut off a big part of ourselves and then we fall. I don't know what to do about it. I won't look at it. How is the grief affecting you? When I came here, there were two big paths. I chose the harder one, which was to feel all of the suffering. So it's been my vehicle to learn. I didn't know that's where it was coming from, and I don't remember how and when I chose the path. How do we mess it up? I can feel it in my neck and shoulder, that the cancer happened because I wouldn't look at it, wouldn't acknowledge my suffering and grief and all that. Is there anything you would like to ask Ant-Man? How do I heal my neck? He says there's a point I can go back to before it happened and pick up that path. I just need to get back on that path. It's when I lived in the yurt and the spirits came to visit. I just need to get reconnected with nature. I was just following my own energy. It was really contained and strong. I knew who I really was. He says, don't wait too long to do that. Do it sooner and you don't have to worry. No good reason to wait. No good reason not to go back to that. Is there anything else you'd like to ask? If there's no hope, then why did I come here? Ant-Man answers, You, humanity, haven't come to the point of choice yet. There are still two pathways. You're still so distracted, and the time in which you will choose hasn't arrived yet. What are the two pathways? The predictable one where we just keep getting further away from our true selves and we leave messiness behind and be really dependent on tech. We just can't bear the grief so we keep trying to go away from it and we get rid of all of our good parts. The other path is we think we have to die, get rid of most people, get rid of comfort and ease, go back to living in tribes, but that's not it. We bear the agony of life and it makes us, it makes us love each other. We don't know that's an option. Asking Ant-Man, what should Robin do to get towards the other path? Go back to the template of nature, but don't hide. Don't disappear. Don't just live in your own little bubble. Go back to that template and show people. I want to ask, do I have to have any loyalty to where I came from, to this other planet and that system? You can do whatever you want. I want to be a part of this, this big change that's happening here the whole system here. It's like all the way down to an individual, the personalities, up into society and culture. We're a tiny spark of something in this big consciousness that's way above everything. This is kind of a fun place to be. Probably not a good idea to come here, though. Lots of suffering here. But we're all in the same place anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Everyone, humans, all beings everywhere. Nobody leaves anybody, so I'm not going to be alone, and I'm not leaving anybody. When was the last time contact occurred? January. They showed up in the bedroom. We were in the same space. What was the purpose of the visit in January? I don't want to hear this. They gave me a packet of information. It's a lot of... I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'll see them for a while. They showed me how to work with the structure of this place and that it's not what we think it is. It's not fixed, static, but it's also not that you can just wish for it to be different. There's a way to work with reality and perception, and I think that's what the packet maybe was. They brought me way up out of my body, 
really far out and it's electric and it's like a vibration bright buzzing light of line and information and they just handed it to me and I knew I had it but I didn't know what it was where's the packet now it's inside my body it helped me turn on a generator of energy so that I don't have to work so hard to keep my energy up it's like it gives me energy and I don't have to manage it it's from my womb to the top of my head it creates a sphere for me and I can use that when I leave my body it's like a vehicle I can use to talk to them. How does the vehicle activate for Robin to use? I've done it. It's like quantum phasing. I can match my energy to the energy that brings me out of my body, which is them. That buzzing white, yellow, gold that brings me out of my body. I can match that. Then I can leave. But more of me can go now. More of me. More of what I am can go with. Mostly in dreams, I can be a lot more conscious of what's going on. How can Robin improve her mastery of that vehicle? I had just forgotten, but I can practice it when I meditate. I just have to get muscle memory back of how to do it. It feels similar to the start of sleep paralysis. I just have to keep practicing. Anything else you need to know? I'm going to have to go to some places I know about on the planet. I just have to accept that. On Earth... I have to go to some places where the blue ships are, where the Lemuria stuff is still kept, but it will be fine. I know a few of them. The desert, which is weird, but that's why me and Jupiter live here, because it's close to those places. There's Mount Shasta, Hawaii, somewhere like Greece or something. I'll know at some point. I need to trust, surrender, play more. Shift. Don't do things out of obligation. Use curiosity. Don't be afraid of suffering. I don't have to be afraid. Explore and initiate out of joy and curiosity instead of obligation. It's all just fine here. This is all normal. Really, it's boring. It just is what it is. It's not scary. It feels dramatic, but it's not. Journal Entry, May 8th, 2021 During the whole regression, I am silently crying. Tears are leaking from the corners of my eyes and pooling into my ears and soaking the collar of my shirt. I feel embarrassed and nervous when the Lemuria stuff comes up and when it emerges that I have a tremendous amount of grief about something that happened a long time ago. I refuse to look at it at all. I remember thinking a clear thought from my subconscious. No, I won't look at the grief. I won't experience it. It's too big. It will obliterate me. I hate that I said Mount Shasta and Lemuria and I feel like a crazy person, but I also can feel it's true. When I remember that I have to go to Greece for some reason, I also remember the recurring dream I've had of Greece throughout my life. When I dream that dream, I am a man with beautiful dark skin, oiled and shining. My body is strong and limber. I'm in a white palace, but I have to go on a journey. I take a ship and cross oceans. The dream is so visceral, so real. I remember my barefoot daughter running up to me before I leave to get on the ship, and I remember tousling her long hair and spinning her around. She is crying because she will miss me, but I am happy and strong and certain that everything will be okay. I wonder if that's what it feels like to be a man in his power, so certain. I don't know if it ends up being okay because I don't know what happens after I cross the oceans. I don't know where I go or if I come back. 
After the regression, I start working with the piece of technology, the packet of light and sound I was given. Sometimes when I meditate, if I can get into the right state, I can induce that shifting, phasing feeling, but I don't want to go too far. What if I go out of body and can't get back in? Easier when it's happening without my will or initiation, maybe. At least then I'm not in charge. At least then they seem to direct me where to go and what will happen. Now they want me to learn to do that. It seems like a crazy, insurmountable task. Dream Journal, May 9th, 2021. Many dreams. Sleeping with Jupiter in my parents' house that was not my parents' house in real life. It's broad daylight. Parents working outside and I hear a rustle at the window. I am peeking through the lacy white curtain and there is a rustling in an early spring flower bed. I notice a tear in the screen and become afraid. The rustling is a fast-moving being camouflaged and blending in with the dried brown leaves. It flits up and lands on my father's hand. He is unafraid and reaches out to show me what it is. A praying mantis, speckled brown like a giraffe, glorious when all unfurled. It flits from my father's hand to the window ledge where I am still peeking out of the window. It parades back and forth, doesn't come in but I'm afraid it will and I'm nervous about the slit in the screen. It's really showing itself off, letting me get a good look. Of course when I woke up I googled praying mantis giraffe, thinking there was no way that was a real thing. But then that picture comes up, and it looks exactly like what I dreamed. Dream Journal, May 11th, 2021 Nightmares last night. Sexual, being attacked. Woke from the first and couldn't get back to sleep. Finally did and had another nightmare, the same. Ineffectually fighting off a long-haired blonde guy trying to attack, slash, rape me. My sister was there, but she left me to go find someone to complain about this guy stalking and attacking me. She came back and he was gone. Went into a new dream and my sister came with me. Now I was in training, like alien school again, and she watched me as I turned a TV off and on with my mind. But it was actually more like with my energy or will. A teaching that reality isn't affected solely by the mind. It's a whole body deal. I could flex my intention toward the TV and easily turn it on and off. The TV was an older model, so every time it went on and off there was a flash and you could feel the static electricity in the air. In the dream, I'm asking my sister over and over, can you believe I can do this? Dream Journal, May 14th, 2021. Nightmare again, fighting a big man, dangerous, whose goal was to obliterate me. I could keep him down, keep him unconscious, but it was relentless. I would use all of my strength to hit him, with a rake handle, with a hoe, and he would go down but only long enough for me to gather myself again for the next blow, so it was exhausting. It felt like a distillation of some other nightmares I've had, coming down to the fact that all my energy is spent keeping whatever, whoever this is at bay. This man was almost a giant. White blonde hair, like Bolvin in the 13th Warrior, a Viking, woke up exhausted. Dream Journal, May 21st, 2021. Last night I dreamed God was a woman, and then woke up and wrote this poem about it. Last night as I was praying, laying rot, weaving around myself a spell, 
creating space, drinking grief from the holy well, warp and weft on my loom, building my own little womb, where I can finish becoming, let me be safe so I can do the work I came to do. I felt my guides and ancestors and allies, and still I felt my fear rise in my gut, so I went further back and higher up, and asked for God to make himself known, to remind me I am loved and have a home, beyond this place where work is hard, where joy is calling to be shown. I finally drifted off to sleep and dreamed that God was a woman, and thought, no, that can't be. God, a woman? So I checked again, and yes, eternal feminine energy, with a lap big enough for you and you and me to all crawl into and oh, I thought all of the men will be so mad if I say this out loud and I'll be caught and backed into a corner to plead and explain, to reassure them that it doesn't mean that God is not a man. And how, I thought, can I make sure I don't call forth the God of wrath, that none are banished or removed, and it has nothing to do with any of that, but only with the love that is behind us all, inside us all on our behalf, afraid of what a man would say about a dream of mine and what do I know anyway. I thought and thought until I forgot that I dreamed God was a woman, and in the morning light because I spent so much time last night trying to fight against the ones who will say that I am wrong, I am too tired to explain that I know, I know, God is both and more, an eternal song. But last night she came to me, and I can assure you we are in her lap, safe and warm and loved and home. I shared that poem on my socials and a guy commented unironically, that's not true. God is not a woman. He's a man. I believe in the Bible. Can you imagine someone rolling their eyes so hard that they break their neck and their head falls off and they die? South Park animation style. That's me in response to that man's comment. I delete my socials. Dream Journal, May 24th, 2021. In some kind of class talking about how to protect yourself, I said that I now did protection and it was throughout all of my bodies, my physical body and all of the etheric bodies. Even though we were in a classroom, there were apocalyptic vibes all around. Then the nightmare came again. The blonde-haired murdering rapist. He tried to attack me, but this time it was even worse because he was trying to get through me to get to a young girl who was on a mission. She had a message. She was so small, maybe nine or ten, but small for her age, wearing a big t-shirt, her strong skinny legs sticking out of two big shorts. The bad man was coming for her. I kept him away, hitting him with a huge wrench. It took all of my strength to hit him and then heave the wrench up and back and hit him again. I had to do it as fast as I could because during the time it took for me to pick up and draw back the wrench, the man was almost on his feet again getting a little closer each time. I never totally stopped him, but I kept him stunned long enough for the little girl to get out of there and get ahead of him. She was trotting down the road into the dark, so certain and unafraid, strong and purposeful. When I woke up, even though it was a nightmare, dark and scary, I actually felt hopeful. Who was this little girl? She was so strong and clear and not afraid at all. I don't even know if she knew I was fighting for her to get a head start. She didn't seem to care. She was unaffected by fear, just focused on her mission. Her clarity, 
such a new character in these dark nightmares, made me remember something I'd heard a long time ago about all of the parts of the dream being representative of the psyche. So instead of simply being attacked by a dark external force, I wondered if these elements of the dream were part of my psyche. In that case, what am I trying so hard to keep down? What is trying so hard to obliterate me? To come forward, to take over and be seen? Why am I fighting him so hard? Who is he? What part of him is me? Is he really dangerous? Or is it possible that he is part of me struggling to emerge and he's going to change things and that terrifies me? Who's the little girl? Seems like, despite it all, she's going on the mission anyway. I pulled out my copy of Women Who Run With The Wolves, remembering that Clarissa Pinkola Estes wrote about the dark man dream. I don't think I'd cracked that book since college, but I remembered the dark man dream because my sister and I had both had those dreams all throughout childhood. In Women Who Run With The Wolves, CPE says it's extremely common for women to have these dreams, and it has to do with signaling that there is a captive part of the psyche that is about to be freed. The dark man shows up when external circumstances are unsafe, or soul-strangling, or when there's too much ennui, or when she knows she needs to step into a big change in life and is resisting. The dream comes from the depths to spur action and give a focal point to struggle against. I find this fascinating. Since I've been recording my dreams, the dark man has appeared over and over again. I've been fighting him with all my strength and can only keep him at bay long enough to gather momentum for the next blow. And then last night, this fearless, bright little girl shows up with a mission and a task, and she was the one the dark man had in his sights. She was certain and purposeful while I was terrified on her behalf. I fought to protect her and she got a head start. Overall, a good omen, I think. Journal entry, May 27th, 2021. I have COVID, and last night while I was in a full-on fever state, I became totally lucid and aware while in deep, dreamless sleep. My consciousness just popped into full presence. The message loud and clear was to use only present tense languaging. That is the way to, quote, manifest, for lack of a better word. The way to create and choose is in the now, fully. It was maybe the most conscious and present I have ever been, and the feeling lingered this morning. The only expression in that state of awareness was, I am. There was nothing outside of that awareness. I've heard people talk about I am and what that means, but now I have experienced it. I am, because that was the only thing there was. I knew from that place I could just focus and have whatever I wanted, but I wanted absolutely nothing, because I was completely full and needless. When I woke up, I spontaneously spoke, I am now, over and over during my breathing practice, because that was the only thing that existed in my mind. Those were the only three words that could possibly be because they were the only words that were true. The words themselves held so much power. The words drew me back into the state of clarity and presence. Language fails during manifestation because it is contained in time. If I say, I want money, or I want health, I am immediately creating a timeline that includes a future, and that isn't how manifestation works. It only works in the timeless now where you don't want anything, 
but you can have everything. Paradox. I experienced it though. It's in me now. I am now. Dream Journal, June 10th, 2021. I had long involved dreams I can't remember, except for swarms of UFOs coming down from a starry sky, and me, elated. Dream Journal, June 17th, 2021. Dreamed I was falling into deep, deep soil, so soft and absolutely no resistance, nothing to push against. It was like trying to push against silken air. I fell into it completely covered and became instantly alert and present. I wasn't afraid, but I made a plan to try and free myself. I wasn't sure if it would work because there was nothing to hold on to, nothing to brace myself against, only soft, soft soil. I should have been terrified because I was under the ground, totally covered, but I was not afraid to die if I couldn't get out. I didn't panic. Journal entry, June 26, 2021. Meditated this morning and Saint Germain appeared, the violet flame. I am presence all connected. Behind him were Chekba, Ant-Man, and a mantis being. Saint Germain said it was okay that I wasn't ready before, referencing the I am experience I had during COVID. He said, God's love is always available and abundant. Compassion is the correct work, and I will work with you. Then the mantis being stepped forward and said, You will channel me. I said, No fucking way. Not without lots of proof. I asked Chekba if he knew this guy. I was shown this was a new relationship formed between this mantis being and Chekba, and it was because of me. The mantis said he would see me again in this life, and then laughed at the certainty of it. Not a malicious laugh, but so certain and chummy and personal that it freaked me out. Then as I fell asleep, a very loud, clear voice said, Listen to the, with the, said at exactly the same time, to the, with the, universal mind. Listen to the, with the, universal mind. Woke up and all the clocks were different times. It felt like I'd been sleeping for 10 minutes, but apparently hours had passed. Three different times, one on Jupiter's watch, 11.14 p.m., one on the digital clock, 1.43 a.m., and another on my cell phone, 2.45 a.m. Off by hours, no idea why. This morning, they were all back to the same time. The proof I requested from the mantis, I don't know. At breakfast in a cafe, I saw a newspaper. The front cover was about a man who was visited by UFOs and who uses dowsing rods to communicate with the universal mind. What in the actual fuck? Journal entry, June 30th, 2021. Lots of dreams last night, but especially this morning. Then woke up and they came and my body was paralyzed and I floated up and to the right. There was buzzing and electric sparks of light, somewhat different than normal, as if I wasn't fully inside of their light, but maybe I was also in my own field as well. Are they teaching me to travel, to use the technology, to travel in a sphere? I don't know, but it was different. I didn't go anywhere, just had that experience. And then I dreamed of snakes. Dream Journal, July 2nd, 2021. 
I forgot to set boundaries with my team before sleep and had a nightmare with a very uncomfortable dark energy. Woke up and felt that energy still in the room and felt super vulnerable in my low back area. I had to spend a lot of time clearing and banishing and setting boundaries. I had to try not to fall asleep until I got it neutralized or it felt like something terrible would happen. I can't remember the nightmare except for violence. Interestingly, I haven't had a nightmare for months, and I forgot to set the boundary and there it is. I hate the dreams of dark violence. Why are they always sexual? Is that normal? I wonder if other women dream these dreams all the time. Dream Journal, July 3rd, 2021 Dreamed of being with a baby girl. She was sick, but it was manageable. She would be okay. Then I dreamed that Jupiter and I were floating on a river. I woke up and decided to try to ask the universal mind a question. Finally came up with, how do I help the world move from a paradigm of evolution through suffering to evolution through joy and creation? Meditated, and then fell back to sleep and into a very vivid dream. In the very vivid dream, I was riding in a car with David C. driving. He was taking me and Jupiter to an access point on the river. There was a turn coming up and David was driving way too fast. I watched as we got closer, gauging the turn and speed and if we could make it. I thought maybe David would be able to keep the car on the road, but it was immediately clear that he could not. Just before we crashed, David let go of the wheel, turned to look at me and said, The bardo doesn't exist anymore. And then I knew we would die, so I closed my eyes and totally opened and surrendered to death. We crashed through someone's fence into their yard and died. I was alone now, standing in the yard. The fence behind me was not smashed and broken like it should have been, and there was no car, no evidence of the crash. A woman came through the gate. She wasn't surprised to see me. She looked a little sad, but kind. She had groceries in her hands. She went to the front door of the house and leaned against it. I can feel that fridge you gave us. Feel the magnetic pull of it in there, keeping our food cold. That was so nice of you giving us that. Covered with magnets and stickers. Come on in. I knew I was being invited into the illusion mysteries. I followed her inside and she put her stuff down. Two more women showed up. Big and soft and strong, standing up straight and warm feeling. One was older than the other, maybe in her late fifties, and she was familiar to me. I spoke to her, asking her how she'd been. I asked about her family, about the children. I sensed she had a big family. The children died, she said. We lost three. Oh God, I said, I'm so sorry. What happened? I watched her face and there was a subtle decision of how to frame her answer. Their mother is very sick, she said. I read in her expression, drugs and mental illness. I'm so sorry, I said. We hugged and cried together and she told me their names. How do you bear it? I asked. We bear it because there's nothing else to do but bear it, she said. All of these women, in spite or because of their suffering, were present, kind, calm, and even joyful. I looked up the illusion mysteries. Most famous of the secret religious rites of ancient Greece, the initiate was promised benefits of some kind of an afterlife, a cycle with three phases, the descent, the search, and the ascent. 
participants were freed from a fear of death through the recognition that they were immortal souls temporarily in mortal bodies. Journal Entry, July 9th, 2021 Ralph's article was supposed to come out in the New York Times on the 4th of July. We were all pre-celebrating some sort of big experience or Independence Day. Then it didn't happen. Then it was supposed to come out today, my birthday. Everyone teasing me that it was delayed to make my birthday special. It didn't come out today, though, either. New editors at the Times, apparently, and they think it's too weird. I'm kind of relieved. I showed up for it, did my part. Not my fault it didn't come out. Journal Entry, July 18th, 2021 Lots of dreams but can't remember. Meditated this morning, then OBE. Felt different again. The phasing feeling, then up and out of my body with the technology. So no, inside the light buzzing, but it was nearby, observing. I stayed in the bedroom. I felt giddy. They were teaching me how to use the technology. I learned to move left and right, like a ghost careening wildly back and forth. I couldn't leave the room or go up or down. Dream Journal, July 30th, 2021 Dreamed Jupiter was being prepped to have open-heart surgery. There were tons of people around. An older, wiser man was guiding him. I was questioning the man. Can nothing else be done? I knew he needed to open his heart, but not like this. It would be so hard for him. The man didn't answer me, but kept prepping for the surgery. Dream Journal, August 12, 2021 Five years sober today. Dreamed a foreign man was aggressively courting me through an interpreter. It was like he was trying to get to me in a new way, trying something other than violence. I saw right through it, though, and didn't want any part of it. Dream Journal, August 15th, 2021. Down in my belly, met a crone. She was beautiful, curly hair with golden stars pinned into it, wearing a silken robe covered with plants and flowers and vines, and she was sitting on a dark throne. I was surprised because she was so warm, so inviting and loving, and had such an easy laugh. I felt totally safe with her. I didn't understand how she could be so joyful. How do you have joy when there's so much grief and suffering in the world? I asked her. How are you so happy and warm? How do you do that without abandoning the part of you and everyone else that suffers? She leaned back and lifted her arms to reveal to me more of her throne. It was dark, black, that same velvety intelligence. Her eyes sparkled, wise and kind and tender and wry. Child, she said, I sit on a throne of suffering. Journal entry, August 19th, 2021. OBE this morning. Again, felt like I did it on my own with them nearby, but not doing it to or for me. I came up into the room and again could go left and right, and now also could go forward and back. I navigated my way around the bedroom, around the corner, into the bathroom. I came back into the bedroom and tried to leave, tried to go through the door and into the hallway, but was stopped. While I was trying to go through the door, though, it opened and my father walked in. I watched while he lay down on the ground and died. 
His body dissolved into the floor and was replaced by fresh, green vegetation. Then he got up and walked back out the door. Over on my bed was Jupiter's mom. She was dying, and I sat with her and helped her through her death. Then my mom. She was frail and tiny and weighed nothing. I lifted her and carried her to the bed, and she died as well. Every parent figure in my life. Dead. For more information or to schedule a one-on-one session with me, visit honeyheart.org.